You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper, practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, and we are continuing on in a series that we started before, a series where we take a look at the core values of Sunnybrook Church. Um, And this has been really eye-opening even for me to walk through because these are truths that we kind of live out every day, but it's always kind of good to be reminded of the foundational things that you've set yourself upon. So can you give people, before we get into kind of the second half of all of these, just kind of an idea behind why we came up with these core values and what their purpose kind of is and what we do. Yeah, we, we wanted to flesh out exactly who Sunnybrook Community Church was. So our vision, you know, certainly was one that was a guiding force for us, but it felt a little bit generic. Most churches say, well, our vision is to reach people for Christ, grow them up in the faith. And then we kind of added this idea of sending them back out of the world to do ministry. But we said, what makes Sunnybrook Community Church different? I mean, what's going to be kind of our DNA? How are we going to go about things? And we began to list these 10 values of this is how our vision is going to be carried out, literally from the pulpit, from the ministry, from all of those kinds of things. This is how it's going to come into people's lives. Here's how we're going to be different maybe than other churches. And these are 10 values not only did we come up with, but we use them all the time. Mm -hmm. So leaders are often say, well, that fits well with value two, that fits well with value four, whatever it might be. We've tried to live these out as best as we possibly could. And again, if you want to kind of reference these as we go through these, or you want to go back and look at them, they're on our website under the What We Believe segment, so you can kind of follow along there. Uh, But today we're going to get to two different uh, ones in this specific episode that really kind of focus on relationships and the relationships that exist within a church, which by my estimation is one of the most important parts of church life is just community and having people around you. Um, One of Jesus' greatest purposes for the church is to surround yourself with believers. So, uh, So value number six we're going to take a look at today is this, that loving relationships should permeate every aspect of church life. Now, where did we kind of come up with that? Where does that originate in scripture? Yeah, we took it from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but mainly from uh, Jesus' teaching in John chapter 13. So we said, listen, one of the things we don't want to be is known as sort of this judgmental church. You know, sometimes you take a look at the people of the world, they look at the church and say, man, they're just a bunch of judgmental people, always telling me what I can't do and always, you know, criticizing me for what I am doing. So, so we said, listen, we want this to be a church that loving relationships permeate every aspect. Not only the relationships that exist between church people, but relationships that exist outside of the church as well in the world. We said we don't want to act one way on Sunday and then act a different way on Monday. We wanted loving relationships to permeate everything that we do. And the key scripture for us was John chapter 13. Remember when Jesus says, hey, listen, a new commandment I give you. And you think to yourself, a new commandment? That was already given in the Old Testament, this idea that we're to love God and love other people. But what he's saying there is this, and a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. He's saying for the first time, uh, the church of Jesus Christ, their badge of identification is going to be how they love one another. And I think that's really true for Sunnybrook as well. Here's what we want to be known for. We want to be known for love. It's why we do, you know, 
in Siouxland and we try to love and serve and give and all of those kinds of things because we're saying in effect we want to be on the positive side of things. We want to be loving to our community. We want to be loving to other people. Uh, we recognize that God, his very characteristic is one of love. So we want love to sort of permeate everything that we do. It's going to be our badge of identification of how people know mm -hmm. that we're followers of Jesus Christ, that we love each other. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it a little bit, but that really is kind of this value coming off the page of the four Siouxland idea where that guiding question was just, you know, for so long the church has been known for what it's against. What would happen if we were known for what we're for? Exactly. And I think that just plays out 1 Corinthians 13. Remember when he says, listen, hey, you're only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if you don't have love. And in other words, you're, you're going to speak a lot, do a lot, but it won't have any lasting value. In fact, that's really what he's talking about. Remember he said, you give your body to the flames. This idea that it won't last, doesn't have eternal value unless it's sort of motivated by love. So we're saying everything we do here, listen, it's, it's got to be love for a lost world, love for fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, love for a community. I think that's what's going to break through with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Laurie Van Kira, she's one of the members of the executive team here. She's so good at keeping this in front of us. She always asks the question, if Sunnybrook Community Church ceased to exist, would anyone notice? Yeah. And that is just such a good reminder of, are we loving our community? Would it, would it matter to people outside of the people that come on Sunday morning? I agree. And it really became the motivation for many of the ministries that we've done, whether it's you know caring for people that have gone through divorce or gone through crisis or the loss of a loved one, or even the Hope Center. Mm. It was just born out of this idea of how can we love on our community, develop relationships, because the ultimate goal is we want to share the love of Christ with them. So the next one goes a little bit hand in hand with this one, uh, where it kind of is that love in action or what love looks like amongst believers. And it's the idea of small groups. So the core value is this, that life change happens best in small groups. Yeah, I laugh at that statement only because we crafted every <laughs> single word in that statement to be exactly as it is. So, so literally we said, listen, we believe that life change, uh, again, to the character of Christ. That was what life change for us was all about. We, we said it was going to happen best. Didn't, not that it didn't happen elsewhere. We, we trust on Sunday morning for the preaching of the word. We trust in... Uh, you know, large group gatherings of college or students or children, life change is going to happen. But we said it's going to happen best in the context of small groups. And the reason we said that is we really believe that, you know, people can show up on Sunday morning, kind of go through the motions, listen to part of the sermon, maybe sleep through part of it, whatever <laughs> it might be. Uh, but we really felt as though if they were able to take it in the context of a home, sit around with you know, four, six other couples, and they were willing to read the Word of God, pray for each other, hold one another accountable. Then as the week went on, continue to pray for each other, call each other. We thought if they could grapple with the truth of God's Word in the context of a small group, then hold each other accountable, push each other on, prod each other toward likeness to Christ, we thought life change could happen best there. Mm -hmm. Happened in other places. Mm -hmm. But we thought in that sort of a context where people could be honest, uh, they could get to know each other on a deeper, fuller level, uh, we thought life change would happen best there. Mm -hmm.
Yep. And it really feels, I don't know, sometimes like kind of a step two of faith. You know, step one, uh, biblically we're called to corporate worship and worshiping together and gathering with other believers. And then, like you said, going into community, being honest, being vulnerable, sharing what you're struggling with. And there's an accountability piece that can happen there that doesn't necessarily happen when you just come in on Sunday morning and leave. Exactly. And both are important. Mm -hmm. And again, the the scripture we try to follow is Acts chapter 2, 42 and following would say... They met together at the temple courts. Mm-hmm. Many people say the church in Jerusalem was this mega church. About 150,000 people mm-hmm. would gather together in corporate worship there in the temple courts. But then they would go home to home and break bread. Break bread was in that day and age sort of this sign of fellowship, of coming together. They'd read the word, they'd pray together, those kinds of things. So there was a need for corporate worship and large group gathering. But after that, I really think on a day-to-day basis, they met together in each other's home. They grappled with the truth of God's word. They prayed together. They held each other accountable. They got real and honest because, you know, you become a little bit of a participatory type uh, interaction when you come to a large group gathering of a, of a corporate worship on Sunday morning. But now you've got to get real and honest and vulnerable, ask your questions in more of a small group context. So both are needed. We, we see the early church was doing both of those things, and we really wanted to enact that here at Sunnybrook. Now, if you've ever been in a small group before, my guess would be that you've also been in a not great small group before. We've all been <laughs> victims <Yes, we> <laughs> to awkward small groups and things that just aren't a good fit. So I mean, I would encourage you to to make your small group what you need to make it. Gather some friends around you. Grab some like-minded people. You don't. You're welcome to kind of drop yourself into a small group, but it also can just be people that you have in your life that you just want to continue doing life with in an intentional way. Yeah, and I think finding a group of affinity is critical. Mm-hmm. If you've got young kids and getting together with people with young kids, or if you're empty nester, I just think there's something about affinity that kind of keeps that. Uh, going. Uh, I've been at Sunnybrook for 20 years. I've probably been in 10 different small groups. Uh, just <laughs> because keep, you're right. They keep picking you Maybe out. <laughs> it might be I'm the problem. Hi-ho, if you look around, maybe it's you. Uh, but I do think there's a sense in which you've got to find what works for you. And I always feel as though if people had a bad small group experience, hey, don't give up on small groups altogether. Try another one because I think they're critical. Mm -hmm. The group that I'm in, we all have young kids, so getting together is hard. We've tried a lot of different things. We did where we met weekly and we did a study one week without kids. And then the next week we would do kind of a social gathering with dinner and all of our kids would be there. Um, And right now we're in a season where we're a little bit more busy. And so we're doing a once a month extended meeting where we meet for like three hours once a month. So we're not having to find babysitters. So it doesn't have to be a one size fits all for whatever fits your season of life as long as you're just intentionally doing life with people. Yeah, I I think so. I think healing, growth, all of those kinds of things happens in the context of community. And uh, we live in a very isolated world where people kind of want to do their own thing and go their own direction. And and we kind of shun community. Mm -hmm. I think initially you got to force yourself, but you'll see such benefits in that that it's worth it. Yep. And I want to make sure everyone knows of all the resources that are available. This is one of those areas where it feels like we have so much available that it could be hard to know where to start. So obviously we have just kind of general small groups that you could be a part of. You can always stop by Next Steps on Sunday morning and get to be a part of one of those. You can see kind of the options for yourself on the wall. Those typically follow the small group curriculum that um, Laurie writes that go along with our message series. So it just is kind of a deeper look at what we talk about on Sunday mornings. We also have different groups for where you are in faith. 
faith. So we have a starting point group where if you kind of are asking questions and you're new to faith, you can sign up. It's a short-term one, so you're not signing your life away. Rooted is what typically comes after that, which is a little bit of a deeper dive in faith. Again, that's an eight-week or 10-week commitment. So again, you're not signing your life away to something. We also have kind of life experience specific small groups. There's divorce care, grief shared. There's a bereaved mothers group for mothers who have lost children. Um, there's women's Bible studies, men of valor, celebrate recovery. Uh, there is a plethora, all of which are listed on our website if you're looking to maybe be a part of one of those. But I would just encourage you to make yourself uh, kind of available to that. We're also working right now on a resource page for our website where if you have a small group and you're looking for different studies that exist outside of the Sunday morning one, we're going to have some different sections on if you want to get a deeper look at theology or a deeper look at um, kind of topical type things such as parenting or marriage, whatever that might be. We're going to get that up and running on our website soon. So I would encourage you to check that out. But thank you for joining us today. We will be back again next week with the final core values. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.